Hello, incredible body of Christ, Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas, and welcome to other online viewers. This devotional is, I wouldn't, I went. I've always been enamored with the idea of scuba diving. From when I was a very young boy, when the Lloyd Bridges and his television show Sea Hunt was on and showed all kinds of adventures of scuba divers underwater, I was hooked. I knew that I wanted to do that someday when I was old enough. In my middle teens, I worked for a sporting goods store in Canada that sold tanks and regulators and other diving equipment. And they wanted to have their salespeople certified scuba divers so that they could be more knowledgeable to send, sell the customers more scuba equipment in their store. So I jumped at that opportunity and in 1975, I was certified to be a scuba diver. I was a young uh, one in the class. I haven't done a lot of scuba diving since, but that which I've done, I've really, really enjoyed. I want to tell you a true story. Many years ago now, a few years after I was certified, I went to Florida for a vacation. And I wanted to go scuba diving, and I looked in the phone book, and I found some dive shops in the city of Florida that I was in. And I phoned them and I said, are any of you going out on dives any day, any day this week because I'm here for a week's vacation and I'd like to go diving? They said, sure, we're going out on Thursday. Come with us, there's two divers that are gonna be checked out for their certification, but any other certified diver is welcome to go along for that trip. So I went. And we were taking the boat ride from the pier out to the dive site. There was a real pitch, a real roll on the sea that day, high winds. And uh, the two divers who were to be certified were getting more and more nervous about having their ch check out open water dive in such rough and windy conditions. And the closer they got to the dive site, the more nervous they got. But I did notice that all of the diving equipment on the deck of the boat, there was only one tank that had a buoyancy compensator vest attached right into the tank so you could flick a switch and take air right out of the tank and fill up the buoyancy compensator to whatever degree it needed it, and then you could purge off the air in the vest if you needed to do so. That was a new and a novel piece of equipment back then. And I remember going out to the dive site with these two that were gonna be certified and all these other experienced divers, and none of us knew what our equipment assignment would be, but I noticed that there was a woman, turned out she was from Minneapolis, a certified diver that was playing with that buoyancy compensator vest all the way from the pier to the dive site. She was filling it up off the tank and she was letting the air go and she was filling it up off the tank and letting the air go many times. I remember thinking to myself, whoever has her for a buddy are gonna get shortchanged on how many minutes they can be underwater because she's gonna run out of air if she's gonna use that tank. I remember thinking that. Well, as we got to the dive site, they anchored the boat, and the dive master, who's in charge of all things to do with this dive, legally responsible for the safe return of all the divers on board, coordinating who goes under with whom and when, he puts us in the water with our vests all filled with air, and we're bobbing on that surf like corks in a bathtub. And he gave us a buddy assignment, and I was in assignment with another man. No, excuse me, that's wrong. I was in assignment with that woman from Minneapolis first. 
So I stayed with her, close to her, as we're on the surface bobbing, and all the other divers are bobbing. Well, as things went, it got more and more chaotic. The people being checked out for their certification dive got more and more scared, and it really broke down the orderliness of it quite a bit. So the dive master looked at me. He says, you, you are now his buddy. So I knew what that meant, that I was no longer to care for that woman from Minneapolis with less air in her tank. So I, before I swam to my new buddy, I said, did you hear what the dive master said? Yeah, I heard. I said, I'm no longer your buddy. You have to wait to get a buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went over to my new buddy. We went down with the dive master's permission. We were down there a little under an hour, having a nice scuba dive together, very fine. Under the water, it wasn't bad. Just the surface that was all messed up. And so we pop up, almost out of air, me and my new buddy, and all of the other divers are on the dive ship staring at us. And I know <laughs> they didn't get out ahead of us. I figured out they never got to go diving, and I was right. And the dive master said to me, looking right at me, he said, where's the woman from Minneapolis? My heart went into my mouth. I said, I don't know, sir, she's not my buddy. You told me that I was no longer her buddy, and I went with him. You made him my buddy, and we're safe, and I have no idea where she is. So now I'm thinking, she had to run out of air before me and my buddy did, because how she was using that vest on the, on the boat. So I know she's out of air. The question is, is she okay? So the dive master said one of the most curious things to me and my buddy, we're in the water. He said, strap on some new tanks and go look for her. <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I felt like saying it's a big ocean. But just about when we have these second new tanks on to go in to try to look for her, we see off the stern of the ship, maybe 1,000 to 2,000 yards off the stern of the ship, here's the woman floating on the surface with her buoyancy compensator inflated and going like this and calling for help. Well, the dive master got me and my buddy in the boat as fast as possible and he gunned it over to where she was. Now, if you were thinking he was gonna be compassionate and tender and kind and forgiving, you would be wrong. He was furious because he knew that legally speaking, if she had drowned on his watch, he would have been sued by her family. He would have lost his boats and his dive shop business and may have served time in jail. He was very, very upset with her for diving without a buddy. And so, strong man, full of adrenaline, he grabbed the stem of the woman's tank, the part that comes out of the top of the scuba tank, he grabbed the stem of the tank and with brute strength, he lifted all of her with all of her equipment up into the boat and dropped her like she was a snapper <laughs> on the deck. Then he said, do you have your purse? She said, yeah. Bring me your purse. So she brought her purse to him. He said, do you have your diving license? in your purse. Yes, give it to me. So she rummaged around in her purse and found her laminated scuba certification card that says she's 
you know, a licensed scuba diver. He took that laminated dive card and he ripped it in half. He was so angry and he threw both halves of her diving license into the sea. And he said, you will never dive again. Now, why was he so upset? Well, he was so upset because he was so scared for her well-being for an hour when we were underwater. And he was getting worked up and angry and concerned and uh, all those emotions. And so he let those all out when, in fact, she was safe. And then he asked her, after all that, he asked her, why did you go diving without a buddy? The first rule of scuba diving is always breathe, don't hold your breath. The second rule of scuba diving is never go alone. Always have a buddy. He said, well, why did you go without a buddy? And eventually she said, I wouldn't have gotten to dive at all if I didn't go on my own. She was saying, I wouldn't unless I took action on myself and I went. That whole mindset is looking out for number one to the expense of all the other numbers. And yet the scriptures say in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, each of you regard one another as more important than himself. She wasn't regarding anyone else on that ship, the dive master or all the other divers, me or the other guy that dove with me. She wasn't regarding any of us as being more important than herself. In fact, she was regarding herself as being more important than any of us. That's why she decided to go diving without a buddy. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Now that's a scuba diving story that probably very few of my viewers can relate to because you don't scuba dive, that's fine. But let's bring it a little closer to home in this pandemic. Are there not situations where people can say, I wouldn't get to do what I please in this regard or that regard unless I went ahead and just did it? Such as hoarding groceries or other supplies at the store such as exercising without a mask on your face, such as disregarding the 24-hour curfews and just roaming the streets, such as lockdowns, carrying on and doing things that the lockdowns prohibit, because unless I do those things, they won't get done. So I'm going to go ahead and do them. Or self-quarantines. When persons are ordered by public health officials to self-quarantine in their homes for 14 days and they break that quarantine and just go out because they're bored or they need to do something, they need to meet someone or they need to buy something. It's just like the woman from Minneapolis who said, I wouldn't have got to go diving except they took action in my own hands and I went. But that all reveals an I problem, not an E-Y-E-Y problem, but a capital I problem where all of a person's evaluations and choices circle around they themselves only. And so Philippians 2, 3 and 4 are great verses. Make my joy complete 
by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit and intent on one purpose. That's Philippians 2.2, 2, now verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this command to make our lives about others and about Jesus Christ and not just about ourselves. Help us to have humble minds. Help us to esteem and value others ahead of ourselves. That we would not live and act in a reckless and a self-centered way that can bring damage and risk to others around us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're the perfect example of this. You had the most humble mind ever, and you esteemed our interest as sinners so much higher than your own interests. And that's why you went to the cross and died and shed your blood. May we follow your example. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.